Let's go geocaching. <laughs> this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? Hey, good morning, everybody. It's that time again. It's time for the Where Is It Now? Geocaching podcast. This is episode number 108. 108. Well, I'm happy to be back. I got all kinds of things to talk to you about today. I'm going to talk about geocaching.com's shopping feature, and I'm not going to talk nice. Well, I'm going to talk nicely, but I'm going to rake it over the coals. And I'm going to talk about caching in wintertime and events. Okay, so let's just get started with the the shopping. I got an email. Oh, I know what it was. I didn't get an email. I was looking at something, at my goals. And I thought, yeah, I passed. I got 8,000. I hit that milestone. And I happened to look up and I, I bought one of or been gifted every milestone coin that there is but I don't have an 8,000. So I thought, no problem. I'll take care of it quickly. And you know how it is this days, these days. You want something, you hop on the internet and you, you bought it, paid for it in a matter of seconds. Amazon was the beginning. Well, maybe eBay was the beginning, all that. And still so. And Amazon took up the uh, where they left off and what could be easier than buying things online. Unless you want to buy something from geocaching.com. Now, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and I sent them a lengthy email because I had time to do it because I couldn't buy my coin. No matter, I still haven't bought it. No matter how long I tried, 35 minutes. Um, So I logged into geocaching.com. I clicked the shop button and it said, you need to log in. Well, I was logged in. I was just logged in looking at my stats. When I click the shop button, geocaching.com, you should pass my information, my login information over to your e-commerce site. Now, I know I have a pretty good idea of why it doesn't work. That's because more than likely the e-commerce site is either hosted by someone else or it's a different platform than your web page. I get it. However, having e-commerce sites myself, I know that you can have an alias so that when, where is it now? Uh, exclamation mark comes over from geocaching.com that can transfer over to my login in the shop page. All right. So, It wanted me to log in again. Well, what I found out is my login for geocaching.com does not work because it wants an email. I didn't notice that for a minute. I keep a a program that has all my passwords, usernames, all that stuff in there. And when I click on a field, it knows what the website wants. Well, it knew it was uh geocaching but it was the wrong geocaching so it kept trying to enter my geocaching username 
and the shop e-commerce site wants an email address. Well, this won't shock you to know. I have more than one. I have more than two. I have more than three that it could have been, but I had a pretty good idea. So I put in my email address, used the same password, and actually my password program knew a username and password for my email address. However, it was evidently wrong. It was the wrong, I assume, wrong password. So I gave in like I tend to do when I'm using their shopping website, and I decided to reset the password. If you don't see me, I'm doing air quotes again, right? So I, I clicked forgot password, entered my e email address in, and uh, it said, if you have an account, you will receive an email. I did not receive an email. I waited and waited and waited. So I did it again. Did not receive an email. A lot of time has passed now. And I thought, you know what? I don't care. Now, I've always had a problem with geocaching.com shopping website. And I, if you're listening to this podcast and you created the website, I humbly ask your forgiveness for what I'm about to say. It is poorly written when it comes to the checkout part. I guess that's the e-commerce site. It's poorly done because when you use PayPal, um, thank you, Elon Musk, when you use PayPal, it passes your address, your name, your zip code, your telephone number, everything to the website. So if I go to, I'll just make it up, Brooks Brothers or Sweetwater Music, and I've got some in my shopping cart, even if I'm not logged into the website, which I usually am, and I click PayPal, it tells it everything it needs to know to ship that order and the money, gives them the money. When you're at geocaching.com and you check PayPal, it wants you to fill out all that crap manually every time and doesn't save it. So it wanted to know my address and you know, my zip code and my phone number and my email. I mean, I had to type in everything. Yeah, um, that's no fun. So I thought, and here's where I went with all this. I thought, I'll just check out as a guest. I don't care if I'm logged in. I don't know if that matters. So instead of logging in, I go through all this rigmarole of entering all this information and then after you've entered everything that PayPal already knows, totally unnecessary work on my part. Uh, after you click PayPal, it says, I'm sorry, you must log in to use this. Well, I can't remember how I did it next. Oh, I know. I thought, well, I'll just create a new account. I clicked create account using my email address. And it said, I'm sorry, an account already exists for that. If you've lost your password, do forgot password, which I did for a third time. And it said, I'm sorry, you've made too many attempts. You need to wait. Are you kidding me? Gosh, it's so hard when a company you love and a sport you love so much has something that just dares you to buy from them. So what did I do at that point? Well, if you know me, you know I got mad and I said a lot of bad words, um, and, but nobody could hear them, just me. 
And I thought, screw it, I'll just get online. So I went online to buy that coin at geocaching.com. It was $17.99, which seems like a lot of stinking money for a coin, but whatever. I got on the internet and the best price I could find was $29 and a lot of $30.99. So evidently the caching company, some of them, are buying the coins for $18. And I know you got to mark them up, but good Lord. I mean, I, maybe people are buying those from those other people because in my case, it was impossible to buy it from geocaching. And it was certainly a nightmare. At this point, I'm asking myself, would it be worth $10 to me not to have to go through all this pain? Well, what I want to happen is I wanted to get fixed. So since I couldn't log in and since I didn't want to forget, I started writing an email. Now, I tried my best to be nice. And I even said, I love you guys and I hope you don't take this as mean. But I did use words like the website has been um, coded incorrectly. It's, it's wrong. It's poorly done. And I'm really talking about the e-commerce site or the shop link on the geocaching.com site linking to the e-commerce site. So I sent them a long email complaining about all that and the fact that I'd never, still today, have never gotten an email to reset the password and that they had, my main complaint is that PayPal set up wrong. I've never seen a company that makes you go through what geocaching makes you go through to buy something with PayPal. You don't save any time. You might as well use your credit card, which it doesn't save either, and enter all that information for what you have to do. It just doesn't matter. Okay, that was a big rant. What do you guys think? Do you guys shop on geocaching.com and have absolutely no troubles? I congratulate you. I, I'm aware that it's probably just me. I hate that. It probably is just me. Either way, whether it's I'm bad at the internet, which I don't think I am, or that I was just unlucky every time that I log into it, that's possible. You know, the PayPal thing has me saying bad words every time I log into their site to buy something. Uh, but the... Uh, the other problem, this is the first time I couldn't log in. In fact, I bought a bunch of stuff for Christmas on the geocaching.com website, uh, a whole bunch of Christmas trackables to give away. So, I mean, I've used it recently and my password that I have saved worked recently. I don't know what the problem is, guys. That was a long rant on something that just bugs me that may not bug you. But if you're listening from geocaching.com, please, guys, if nothing else, will you please figure out the PayPal thing? It's totally unnecessary to do it the way you've got it set up now. Okay, big drink of coffee. Then we're going to get started. All right, that was so good. It's my last cup. Oh, by the way. Yes, and I'm in the studio, but yesterday I was in the studio drinking coffee and I dropped my coffee cup. It was my Stonehenge coffee cup that when I went to London with Greg uh, for his 21st birthday, we went to Stonehenge and geocached and saw Stonehenge for crying out loud. 
I bought a coffee cup and a hat. Thank God the hat's not breakable. But I dropped the coffee cup yesterday, and, and I am really sad about it. But I'm down to my last cup. It's a Jimmy's egg cup, and I've got the dishwasher running, so I'll be able to drink out of my more favorited cups again soon. If you've never listened or watched the podcast before, you've probably already figured this out. Maybe you didn't notice that you knew it, but I'll tell you anyway. Our podcast has no paid promotion on it. There are no ads that are running to help su support the cost of the podcast. And listen, I have lots of friends that do podcasts that do have paid promotions, and I think they need that to help fund it or they want it. And listen, that's totally fine. I don't like to listen to ads whenever possible. I skip through them. Uh, and on one podcast I like, I'm actually skipping through the first four and a half minutes of the podcast to get through the ads. That's pretty tough. So anyway, we have no paid promotion. However, if I like a company or a thing or a product or a place, I'll advertise it because I like it but not because anybody's paying me to do it. So when you hear me recommend something, it's because I like it. You would think after that rant, I'm going to recommend something, but I'm not. I'm not going to recommend anything. We're going to talk about caching in the wintertime. Now, it's wintertime. In fact, I, I'm going to tell you that even though this says it's a live podcast this week, it is not. I recorded this months ago. You can't, well, I guess you can see it if you're watching I'm wearing my Kansas City Chiefs shirt, and uh, the Chiefs are playing today. And if we win today, we are the number one seed in the playoffs, which means we get a bye. If you don't watch football and you don't have any idea what that means, just know if you like the Chiefs or whoever, it's good for that team. Uh, the problem is by the time this airs, we will have already played that game and won or not won, and the Super Bowl, the playoffs and the Super Bowl will already have happened. It could be that we are the Super Bowl champions and I don't know it yet. Or it could be that we lost the first game in the playoffs and we were out early and I don't know it yet. But as of the day of recording, I'm still hopeful that we're going to win today and be the number one seed in the playoffs go through the playoffs and beat the teams in that, and then go to the Super Bowl and win again for the third time. Gosh, I did say we were going to talk about geocaching, right? Okay, let's get started. Winter caching. It's winter time. That's what got me off on that tangent. It's winter time right now. Now, where I live, there's no snow on the ground today, and it's not terrible. It's about 45 degrees but I was just talking to our friend, Melissa Joe from Minnesota, and it's cold there and there is snow on the ground. And I've certainly cached in places with snow on the ground and it really limits the number of caches that you can still find. So number one recommendation is when you hide a cache that is either winter available or not, Mark it in the attributes. There's an attribute that says available in winter. Okay. It looks like a little snowflake, I think. So if you could get to this, like a guardrail, 
I mean, of course, there could be enough snow that you can't get to anything. But by all, I, I think that a three foot tall guardrail will be safe in most snows. So if it's on a guardrail, you could click that attribute available in winter. Same thing with something hanging from a tree. You get the idea. If you can get to it in the winter, not if you can drive to it, that's up to the individual. But if you can actually get the cash without digging through the snow, then you should mark that yes. If you cannot, this is important, please do it as not available. You know, you click it so it puts a little circle and a line through it so it's not available in winter. And this will save people a lot of time. Now, I am one of those people that when I go on a geocaching trip, even if it's sort of local and I'm going to go look for a bunch of caches, if there were a bunch of snow on the ground, I would search for attributes that said available in winter. The problem is, even with my own caches, is I forget to mark those things. I should make a note and go back and redo all of them. There's 240 of them, but I, I should still do it. It will teach me to remember to do it. And so I want to encourage you, number one, to mark the attribute that you can either find it in uh, winter or that you probably can't. I've got one hidden that uh, I drilled a hole in the base of a sign. It's not even a signpost. It's a parking. It's hard to explain, but it's probably two inches off the ground. You're not going to find that probably in winter. It's hard enough to find uh, if there's leaves or if there's nothing. So let's mark those. Number two, which really kind of leads up to this, let's hide some caches that can be found in winter. There is kind of a shortage of them and you don't think about it until it snows bad. And if you're like me, that doesn't stop me from caching until it snows bad and you want to go geocaching. So here's your homework. We have Two homeworks today. This is number one. Number one homework. I want you to go out and hide a winter-friendly geocache. And if you do that, if you remark about it with the GC number on Instagram or on the Facebook group, or you want to send us an email to podcast at whereisitnow.org, we'll give away a... Uh, We'll give away a winter, it's probably a Christmas, but we'll give away a Christmas trackable uh, to, to somebody who hides, who we choose out of, that, out, of, out of that bucket of people. That's homework number one, go hide one. Now, what if you've never hidden one before? Are you afraid? So let me give you some advice. It's pretty short advice. I think this is true on both Android and I know it is on iPhone. There's an app I use called GPS Averaging. And it's got a little green and blue uh, logo that looks like a map, I think. So download that, it's free, doesn't cost anything. And then go to where you wanna hide the thing. Let's say it's on a guardrail by a post. Set your phone on top of the post, start the GPS Averaging. And there's a little play button, like if you were playing a CD or a tape or anything, uh, MP3, push the play button. It will start averaging your location. Now, averaging is really important. Just getting one reading on the longitude and latitude because things jump around is not good. So this thing will average 
your location. And when you're done, you press the little square, which means stop averaging. And now you've got it. And it will ask you to name it. So you're going to name it new guardrail, whatever you're going to name it. It doesn't have to be what it's really going to be called, but something you will recognize. And after you've done that, it puts it into a list on the right-hand side of the app, and you can touch all of them, like the whole column, or you can touch just that one. And when you touch just that one, you can forward that, and it will use your email program to email you the longitude, latitude, and the name of that cache. Now, why is that cool? Because now you can go back to your laptop, your MacBook, or your desktop computer, and you can copy and paste that into the geocaching.com place where you uh, hide a geocache. Very quickly, if you've never hidden one, it's pretty easy. First, you go to geocaching.com. In the top right-hand corner, if it doesn't already save your say your name, click login and log into your account. It's the same login as your app. Go to the top left where it says play, click play, and now let's click hide a geocache. After you choose hide a geocache, I, I can't remember the order, but in some order, it's going to show you a map and it, it's going to want you, you're going to say, I already know where I want to hide my geocache. And when you click that, uh, or maybe there's a little box right there by it, you'll copy and paste that longitude and latitude in there and click, I already know where I'm going to hide it. It will show you that location on the map and it will show you if you do or if you don't overlap with another geocache. In other words, if there's no other circle overlapping your circle, you're good to go. So you just kind of go through that and uh, you give it a name, what you really want to call it. You give it a description. If you want to, I recommend you give it a hint. If it's something you paid money for, I recommend you made it for premium members only. If it's a something that's not valuable, I recommend you make it available to everyone. Um, you go through all this. And then when it's all said and done at the top right, it'll say, um, submit. And when you submit it, a new box will pop up. And this is the note you're going to add for the reviewer. Now, I find that things reviewers want to know a lot of times, is it ready to be found? Is it safe to park there? Like, is there a safe place to pull off and, and you know, not get hit by a car? Um, Anything else you want to say? I generally say cash is ready to be found. There's safe parking. Uh, it's a country road and it's not near a neighbor. So they, they just want to make sure any of the work that you can do for them. Now, they'll check you in the beginning. Maybe they always do. But the more work you can do for them, uh, the better. And then you click submit and all you have to do now is wait, right? And when it's submitted and after it's approved, you will get your GC number and that's where you're going to let us know, right? <sighs> I feel like I'm talking 100 miles an hour. I'll tell you what, I'm kind of excited. It's a, it's a busy day and I've tried to record this podcast so many times. How many? <laughs> hey, let's go on another rant. How many of you are on Mediacom Internet? Isn't that the worst company in the world? Now, many of you know I have companies kind of all over the Midwest and 
And so we have a lot of different internet companies we deal with. Medicom here at my house. Uh, I've got uh, Cable One. I've got Liberty, which is a big utility company with fiber. I've got Cox, Comcast. Never AT&T. They're awful. I mean, they, they're, it's not, just don't. Uh, but I've had a lot of AT&T, and I, in every case, I've had to swap it out for Comcast or, or Cox. So anyway, I've got a lot of those. Mediacom. It's so bad they have a Facebook group called Mediacom Sucks, and it's very active with people complaining about Mediacom. Why do I bring all this up? I was trying to record the podcast earlier and kept losing the Internet. Kept losing, it says, you have no internet. It's like, I'm sitting right here. I had the internet five seconds ago. I can't log into the program that does this without having internet. So where did it go? So I, I got upset and I went in and I restarted my wireless router. And then I did a speed test in the other room on the desktop, which is actually wireless as well. And the first one, it came up nine download speed, nine yeah, okay. I waited five seconds. It came up 140. Well, I pay for 200, but 140 is totally doable. I waited a, a few seconds and it came up 0.93, not even one megabyte down. And then the next one, 253. It's all over the place. I don't even know what it means. But luckily enough, it's working well enough that I haven't had to restart this particular one like I did my first three or four versions where I'd get four or five minutes in and then it would just lock up, have no internet. What else did I say? Oh, events. We got to have some events. This is homework number two. Now look, you guys don't have to do your homework. For the most part, I assume you're grown-ups and you can do whatever you want to do, but I wish you would, because it's for the good of all of us if you go out and hide a cash and that you market winter friendly. Sorry, that was another big, big coffee drink and the last of the cup. So it's all you now. The other thing we can do in the wintertime is have events. Have you hosted an event yet? It's all the stuff I told you. With GPS averaging, you kind of get your GPS averaging on the front door of where you're going to have it if it's going to be indoors. And you go to hide that geocache. And instead of hide a cache, you're going to host an event and everything else is exactly the same. Uh, depending on what state you're in, you may or may not be able to mention the name of the company. Uh, I in Minnesota, I can. And in Missouri, I generally can't. Um, it's up to the reviewer and I don't care either way, as long as I know. Right. Because uh, I hate to mention it and then find out I couldn't and it didn't get posted yet and I have to redo it. But we can go to events and meet our friends when it's snowing out or there's snow in the ground or it's just too cold to go geocaching for some of you guys. What do you think? Have you ever held an event? I held my very first event, never having met another geocacher. It's a true story. I kept thinking, I need to meet some other people because I didn't want to cash alone. So I did two things. I started a Facebook group called the Four State Geocaching Society. And uh, 
people started joining that a little bit. And then I held my first event so I could meet people. It was really a weird way to go about it, but it worked. I instantly met some other people and I all of a sudden had more people joining the Facebook group, people I could go geocaching with. And I went from, I went from sitting in the back of the room. Now I mean this figuratively geocaching like, well, actually, I've met people that go to their first geocaching event and never meet anybody there. And I go hunt them down and go and introduce myself. But I went kind of figuratively, figuratively from sitting at the back of the room and geocaching to moving up front and sitting with other people and chatting and having a little bit of fellowship. Okay, there's a lot of things coming up we can have events for. I think one of the most important times to have events is when there is a souvenir available. Like most souvenirs, you can either get a geocache or go to an event and get credit. So we could have done one uh, when we dropped anchor last year. Uh, and we could have done one when we set sail this year. I hope you guys got both of those. Uh, I don't think there's one for Valentine's Day. But I think if you don't do it in place of uh, going out with your loved one for Valentine's Day, like maybe a daytime or I don't really know. That might be a good day. But look for things that are interesting to do events for and host an event. Literally, if you've been to a big event, don't sweat it. My smallest event only had five people and we had an amazing time. An amazing time. Uh, I've done some in Minnesota where it's just coffee. We're just going to get together for coffee in the morning or we're going to get together for lunch. Now, I do recommend this, that you host it in places. You have to get permission, but I host it in places where there's no purchase required. And by the way, I put that in my reviewer notes when I'm going to host a, uh, an event that the, and I put it in the description that there's no purchase required. You just come and feel free to come. That was a lot of talking and I I, I, got, I won't lie, I was a little stressed because the internet kept going out of me. And then I started talking about shopping at geocaching and kind of got angry all over again. And then I'm talking about Mediacom. Well, you guys that have been here a while know I'm no amateur at complaining. I can certainly complain with the best of them. And those are two things that bug me. One, with geocaching, I hope and believe that it can be fixed. I'm talking about the PayPal part, not my logging in. I'm sure that's something I've done. And Mediacom, God help me, if there's ever any choice of any other company, I will go with them. If you're having good luck with Mediacom, I envy you. I do, I do. You know what we should do now? If you've been around a long time, you know we should all turn this off and go geocaching or at least put it on pause and get out of the car and grab a geocache guys. I'll see you in two weeks and I think we've got a good guest coming up. So I'll see you then. You've been listening to the where is it now geocaching podcast. Please subscribe, rate us five stars in your reviews and tell your friends about the podcast. Now be good lads and lassies and go and find a geocache.